Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, it looks like we're in Zephaniah chapter chapter 3. Zephaniah has been talking to these folks in the southern kingdom, uh, our favored area of, of the nation Israel. The southern kingdom was referred to as the kingdom of Judah after they split up the northern kingdom Israel. The northern kingdom had already been conquered by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom was hanging around and um, seems like getting more hard-headed as time was going by. And you've got all these little prophets, one of them being Zephaniah, pleading with them to change their ways because God's judgment was on them and that they were going to get they were going to get um, destroyed. They were going to get um, judged. And they were going to get conquered by the Babylonians. But he's telling them that he is also going to judge the Babylonians too. All is not total loss, that God is still in control. So there's going to be punishment, but there's also going to be um, redemption at those who accept God's correction. So um, there's an awful lot to be concerned about, fearful of, but there's awful lot of hope here too. So let's jump in and see how this sounds like something we might need to hear today. Chapter 3, verse 1, Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the oppressing city. Okay, this is a woe. Woe is me, well, woe is you. This is woe to the the rebellious city. This is Jerusalem, okay? This is judgment on Jerusalem and judgment on all the other nations, too. Woe, and he's speaking to Jerusalem like a like a female. And when we think about this reference to Jerusalem like a female, we remember that 
all throughout the Old Testament, the nation Israel has been referred to another way as the bride for the bridegroom or the unfaithful bride. And so um, we think of we we think of like these metaphors in scripture and i think it's it's another way of god showing us how much love he's got and sort of personifying what that love is what it looks like we can understand <clears throat> what must go through the bridegroom his mind to be so excited for his upcoming marriage but then he finds out his bridegroom is unfaithful <clears throat> How terrible that must feel. And it it characterizes how bad the bride is. What do you think the proper emotion for the bridegroom would be? How about loving your bride even more? You haven't married her yet, but how about loving her so much that you're going to lay down your life for her? That's love, isn't it? That's how much love the bridegroom has for the unfaithful bride. Well, that's the kind of love that Jesus Christ had for each one of us. So, he fits, he continues this metaphor going on, talking about Jerusalem as as a woman, as a bride, who is rebellious and defiled. In other words, a rebellious bride a one who's already defiled before the wedding. So this is not a pure bride anymore. This is a a defiled bride. And so when we look at Jerusalem as a city, a rebellious city defiled because of the unholiness uh, in the hearts of the people. So the people um, have been defiled just like a bride being defiled. The oppressing city oppressing the poor, the wealthy. We're probably not using their wealth in good ways. First people that always get a, uh, taken advantage of are the poor. And uh, easiest people to take advantage of. Lifting up your own self, your own pride. Verse 2, she listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. So we're back to this undefiled, this defiled bride. She listens to no voice. What voice? Well, maybe the voice of God in terms of the city of Jerusalem or no voice trying to, in the metaphor of the, of the bride and the bridegroom, perhaps there are people trying to talk to the bride, like, what? come to your senses. No correction. Still defiled, rebellious, just like Jerusalem. No voice, meaning hasn't listened to any voices of the prophets, hasn't listened to the voice of God in the scriptures. She does not trust the Lord. She does not draw near to God. This is talking about the city as a woman. She does not trust the Lord does not draw near to God. So that is the problem. 
listening to the voice of God, accepting the corrections of God, trusting in the Lord, drawing near to God. Those are things that we all need to do today. Are we doing those things? How about each one of us in our personal life? Are we listening to God's voice? We have it right here in the Bible. We have the scripture. Accepting God's correction, we have it right here in the Bible. We have it in scripture. Trusting in the Lord. Or are we trusting our own circumstances? Drawing near to God. You have the word of God right here. Draw near to it. And he will draw near to you. That's been a promise of scripture too. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Verse 3. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing in the morning. Her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. They do violence to the law. This is corruption, isn't it? And people who use their power and their positions to take advantage of others, they don't have faith in God. They have faith in themselves. And they outright pervert what's holy. It's shameless, isn't it? Shameless living. Verse 5. The Lord within her So God is here. God is within this city. Is righteous. He does know injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail. But the unjust knows no shame. God is still present. And you may not see God's justice, but it's there. You may not see his righteousness, but it's there. And you may not see his steadfastness, but it's there. Verse 6, I've cut off the nations. Their battlements are in ruins. I have laid waste their streets so that no one walks in them. Their cities have been made desolate. Without a man, without an inhabitant. This is God's judgment on some of these surrounding competitor nations. Why did God do that? Verse 7, I said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you. But all the more you were eager to make all their deeds corrupt. God's sort of saying, you know, look, I, <clears throat> you can look around and see the judgment I've made on other people so that you could repent, so that you could change your ways. You could learn. You could accept correction. Fear me. It's not that we're supposed to be fearing how God is like a monster. We need to fear God because we're so sinful and God is so full of justice. That's the proper fear of the Lord. You're fearing his justice when we're so unjust, we're so sinful.
So yes, we can look around and learn, but these people didn't. And don't think we're any better. Many times, many of us would act the same way. But he's calling for the people who are righteous in their hearts or love righteousness. You may not feel righteous, but you know what it looks like. Verse 8. To me, this is the powerful verse here. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord. For the day I will rise up to seize the prey. For my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. We have a jealous God. Not jealous in a bad way. He's jealous out of his love for every one of us. We've said this before, just like a, a parent would be jealous taking a child to the hospital, jealous for every single thing that could be done for the child to save the child. Jealous for an IV to be put in in case the kidneys were shutting down. Jealous for antibiotics in case the child has pneumonia. Jealous for pain relievers to be given to the child. Jealous for for maybe ty- uh, uh, Tylenol or Pantanol uh, for fever, discomfort. Jealous for maybe an updraft treatment in case the child can't breathe. Jealous for oxygen, oxygen in case the child needs that. Jealous that the child have a comfortable bed to lay on. Jealous for a nurse to be there to help the child. <clears throat> That's what a jealous parent does because they're jealous for everything for the child. That's we have a jealous parent too. We have jealous God. who will judge and try to get rid of all the sin on the earth to save the nation, to save the people he loves, just like the jealous parent wants that bacteria in the lungs of the child with pneumonia to be killed, to be destroyed, to be separated, to be brought out of the child so that the child could be saved. We have a jealous father in heaven. So what does God say? Don't lose heart. Wait for me. Maybe what does the doctor say to the jealous parent of the child who's in the hospital with pneumonia? Gotta wait. Let the treatment plan do its work so that the child could be healed. God's saying, wait for me. Wait for my plan. Wait for my presence. I'm already with you. You don't think I'm here. I'm already here. Wait for me. For my righteousness. You can't see it, but look, it's there. It's evident. Wait for me. Listen to my voice. You don't think you can hear it. You need to listen. Listen to my voice. You're listening to the wrong voices. I've given you scripture. I've given you the prophets. Wait for me. See my plan. It is a holy plan. Don't go on your own way or unholy plans. Draw near to me. That's what you need to do. Trust me. That's what you need to do. Accept me. That's what you need to do.
That'll protect you. You're not having something bad happen to you because I let injustice run rampant in the world. Hardships are coming to you because of justice that has to be done. My plan. Because my love never fails. Each dawn, he does not fail. Every day, my plan is sovereign. And my justice never fails. Wait for me. That's what we need to learn how to do. Wait for him. No matter what the circumstance is, his presence is already with us. No one has to wait by himself or herself. His righteousness is with those who wait for him. So we'll stop here. We'll continue our study of Zephaniah tomorrow. What a marvelous book to study, huh? Wow. Sure does. And it's easy because it's only three chapters. It's like a, a quick seminar on what we need to be doing. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say about this awesome book. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Zephaniah chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 8. So the first eight verses are dealing with judgment. And here, uh, the prophet Zephaniah returns back to the city of Jerusalem. Because in our previous study, he had gone to the nations of the world. But now he returns to the city of of Jerusalem in uh, speaking of judgment so we saw in chapter 2 that God's judgment is worldwide and it includes every nation on the top side of the earth now here God returns to the judgment that's coming upon his people and he's very specific and he reveals here that the light that a person will that the person has will determine the extent of the judgment. So privilege and light create responsibility. And our responsibility is measured by the privilege and the light that we have. So in verses 1 and 2 of um, Zephaniah chapter 3 reads, Woe to her who is rebellious and polluted. To the oppressing city. She has not obeyed his voice. She has not received correction. She has not trusted in the Lord. She has not drawn near to her God. So Jerusalem was the city in which the temple was. The priests were there. The scribes had God's word. So they had privilege and they had light. So God's condemnation is on this particular basis so their judgment their the the measure um of their judgment is based on this so he is saying that the city is filthy and it's polluted so here pollution is just isn't just outwards like you know the pollution that we see out there like you know big corporations are polluting and you know there's air pollution water pollution and also pollution here it's not just physical it's on the inside of man and today 
what's causing the pollution on the outside? It's because of man's pollution. Because man is, you know, greedy. Man is just evil and wicked by nature. And, you know, they, man wants more and more to build bigger factories, to, be, to build, you know, to make more money. Every day is just about wanting and consuming and consuming. And just, you know, the more we consume, the more we just actually pollute. Because we want, you know, we want more. We want everything that's bigger. So, you know, the pollution on the outside is caused by man's pollution on the inside. Because man is polluted on the inside. Man before God is not right until, um, you know, man turns to God. And when man is godless and wrong before God, man will pollute this earth. And this is what is happening exactly. So, man is um wrecking this earth today that we live in today and this is god's condemnation of the city of jerusalem because they were polluted on the inside so this is this was a privileged city that had um you know glorious and wonderful opportunities but you know a picture of this city is also a picture of mankind today so that picture that we're looking at, they were polluted, corrupt, and just filthy. It's what we're looking at today. And, you know, this was Paul's um, verdict. If we turn to the book of Romans 3, verse 16, and listen to what Paul said. And it reads, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. So they were polluted. So this was Paul's verdict of this particular city. You know, it was just destruction and misery. It was in their ways. So mankind has always left a pile of rubbish, a pile of pollution, a pile of dirt everywhere he goes on the top side of the earth today. It's sad, you know, when you watch all these documentaries about, you know, the pollution of the seas, the pollution of the air, how bad it is. Or if you go to certain countries, you know, when you just step out, it's just, you know, the air is just thick. I've never been to China, but anyone who goes to China or India, you know, they say, you know, that fresh air is not there it's just thick with you know you know with uh, with fog you know of, of of the industries and oh it's just polluted so this city was singled out because it was privileged it had light it had god's temple and the word of god and its judgment will be harsher than any other so their judgment the southern kingdom's judgment was harsher than any other because they were privileged they had the light so the prophet calls it an oppressing city as um as uh you know because sorry he calls it a, an oppressing city because of the fact that it didn't regard the rights of the poor so you know there was um the the rich the middle class and the poor the middle class was 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 um diminishing was was like not there anymore so now there was the the extreme rich and the extreme poor and um you know you find you know a situation in our uh, lives today you find the rich the middle class and the poor but um obviously um you know we get oppressive taxes we are overtaxed in order to help the poor you know these the rich people put up these programs and which just never work which never benefit the, the the, the the poor the programs are to benefit them and to overtax the middle class so um you know 
So here the prophet calls, the, uh, calls it an oppressing city because uh, of the fact that, you know, they didn't regard the rights of the poor and it oppressed the poor. And this holds true with our nations today. They always come up, you know, with funny programs to help the poor, but they actually don't have, even benefit the poor. But, you know, they benefit some bureaucrats and God said he would judge this city for that. So um, here the statement also goes on to read, she has not obeyed his voice. As here it says, um, woe to her who is rebellious and polluted to the oppressing city. So it oppresses the poor. She has not obeyed his voice. So um, this city had heard the voice of God. They had the temple, but they actually had just been disobedient they just didn't listen they were disobedient to god and uh, verse 3 also reads she had not received correction so god had sent judgment at their door he had sent assyrians outside the walls of jerusalem and that was um i think it was during whose reign not josiah after josiah hezekiah i think um i just don't re recall very well yeah but um, he had sent the Assyrians, the Assyrians, he had sent them outside the walls of Jerusalem and these people were frightened to death, but they didn't learn from that lesson, you know, for they didn't learn from this partial judgment. And today, you know, there are so many of us Christians who actually suffer, um, you know, go through suffering. I know, but we never learn from 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 our suffering. We never learn from from you know um, our situations. So God never actually um, permits us to suffer. But um, you know, when He wants to us to learn a lesson, to, to teach us something, He allows us to go through these uh, little trials and tribulations. But you know, some of so many of us, we just never learn. We're just like the Southern Kingdom. They went through this partial judgment, but they never learned. So God never. Um, you know, he never lets anything happen to his own unless it is um, for a, a purpose, unless he has a purpose for it. So um, here it goes on to read, she, she trusted not in the Lord. Uh, that's verse 3. Um, she, was, she has not received correction. She has not trusted in the Lord. So they didn't trust in the Lord. And um, it goes on to read, she has not drawn um, near to her god and today we have men who are actually they're not running to god they're running from god they're just chasing you know things of the earth things of the world today vanity verse 4 goes on to read her prophets are insolent treacherous people her priests have polluted the sanctuary they have done violence to the law so here he's talking about the leadership so they make big noise you know the leadership here they 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 um they're very insolent and treacherous they distort information they don't teach the total word of god and here the law is the total word of god and you know for instance like you know here's a classic example you know we have politicians like here um in my country we'll be having elections very soon that's next year and um you know um and you and and these politicians you know they they 
they're talking about you know they come out and talk about what they're gonna do for us and all the, the things that you know that they will improve in our communities and you know it just never happens once they're elected into power once the election is over they just you know the noise died the, the noise dies down they stop talking they just start looking at their own pockets and their own bellies so um it also reads here um her judges are evening wolves so here um so it reads her prophets are insolent treacherous her priests have polluted the sanctuary they have done violence to the law law sorry oops um verse five sorry let me just read verse five it also reads the, the lord is righteous in her, uh, her midst he will do no unrighteousness every morning he brings his justice to light but never fails but the unjust am i reading the oh yeah but the unjust knows no shame sorry i thought i was reading um something else so here um you know, sorry, verse 3. Yeah, I was like mistaken. Let me just read verse 3. Sorry, I had skipped to verse 4. Verse 3 goes on to read, The princess in her midst are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave no, not a bone till morning. Yeah, sorry. Um, so here, um, you know, you have um, all these you know princes and priests yes sorry and that's in relation to like the prof the politicians who are talked about you know they make a lot of noise so here it's talking about the leadership you know they make a lot of noise and make a lot of promises and you know they don't fulfill those promises because simply because they want to be in an elected office um so this is what they do um so they go about telling people, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, A, B, C, D, all is going to be fine. They make all this noise and all. And, you know, it's it's just not beneficial to anyone. And then it also goes on to read, her judges are evening wolves that leave not a bone till morning. So here basically it means, um, you know, they, they are willing to actually work day and night uh, for themselves and not for the people. So, you know, when it comes to be elected, they're saying they're going to work for the people. And they're saying, oh, we're going to work day and night for the people. But, you know, once they're in, you know, these elected offices, they can work hard if it's working for themselves to profit themselves. So, um, it, so it reads, they leave not a bone till morning. So, in other words, they are willing to actually get all they can. Um, and these are the things that God actually judges these people on. So... And these are the things that God judges the nation on um, and judge this nation on. Um, because this nation had the word of God and they had the privilege, they had the light, but they did not listen. They didn't, they turned away from God. So verse four, now we're at verse four. It goes on to read, um, her prophets are insolent, treacherous people. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. So here, uh, the prophets don't really give the word of God. That's the total word of God. They are religious racketeers. And we have a lot of those today, you know, who are just out there to just, you know, rob the unsuspecting and just steal from, 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 from the poor. So um, they don't give the total word of God. So it says, her priests have polluted the sanctuary. So they have caused the world 
outside to lose respect for that which is sacred by um, the kind of lives that they live, by their lives they brought upon the temple, so this sort of thing. So it's, it, you know, the world, if you look at Christianity today, um, a lot of people tend to uh, like look at it and think, okay, you know, this is just um, a way of... Um, you know, extorting money from people and playing on people's emotions and things like that because of, you know, how certain Christians live their lives. You know, instead of living your life or instead of living the lives by the word of God, you know, certain Christians, they tend to, um, you know, not, you know, people tend to lose respect because a lot of, you find a lot of these people who, who say, you know, they're, uh, men of God and all they're just religious racketeers they're just out there to rob people so it and and um and uh you know they 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 they're not an example um to the world out there and this was the southern kingdom they had the privilege and the light and they were not an example so men no longer had respect for religion back then and today many say the church has lost its influence and which is true because you have a lot of nations you know they were founded on christian uh, principles morals and values if you look at the united states or if you look at uh, britain and all they were founded on those values but now christianity has lost its influence because you know a lot of people now have are looking at it like a business they turn the, you know they become religious racketeers they're omitting the word of god um, they're not giving out the total word of God. So they have done violence to the law, meaning they, you know, didn't interpret the word of God accurately. And they omitted the teachings, the total word of God. They omitted certain things in order to suit them. Verse 5 goes on to read, um, The Lord is righteous in her midst. Um, he will do no unrighteousness. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He never fails but then just knows no shame. So God, you know, God was not going to do evil. He was not going to just let evil, like let them continue doing evil. So the minute that his people do evil and God does nothing, he looks as if he actually approves evil and our God is righteous. So he will not allow that and he will not allow that sort of thing. So God will not do iniquity um so the 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 unjust actually just continue um on in sin and um they sin with no shame and that's what's happening today you know people are now just sinning openly with no shame um god judged these people because he wasn't just going to look at them and say oh they are my people you know just look the other way and all no our god is a god who is holy and who is just and who is righteous and upright and you know if there's something wrong he's going to do something about it and then now here we have from verse 6 to verse 8, we have the picture of the great tribulation period that's coming in the future. And now the prophet Zephaniah moves from the city of Jerusalem to talk about the nations of the world in the last days. So here we have that great day of the Lord that's mentioned. So verse 7 um, reads, I said, sorry, hmm. yeah. Sorry, let me read verse 6. I have cut off nations. Their fortresses are devastated. I have made their streets desolate with none passing by. Their cities are destroyed. There is no one 
no inhabitant. So if 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 like you're well traveled, I haven't been to uh, Israel one day. I plan on traveling there, um, or the nations around it. Um, you know the nations that were um, in contiguous to uh, the nation Israel. You know they are desolate. Look at Assyria. Nineveh was utterly destroyed. Babylon, Moab, um, the uh, Edom. Um, all those nations that were around um, uh, the nation Israel, they were destroyed. Verse 7 goes on to read, I said, surely you will fear me. Um, you will receive instruction so that her dwelling would not be cut off, despite everything for which I punished her. But, the rose, oh, but they rose early and corrupted all their deeds. So here the warnings of judgment that had come upon them had no effect on them at all. You know, they're just getting by. I mean, like they were taking it easy. And this will bring, um, you know, down finally the great day um, of the Lord, the time of judgment that's coming upon this earth. And, you know, people are just taking it easy. They're just getting by like, oh, hey, you know, God's quiet. He's not doing anything. God won't do right. Neither will he do evil. That's what um and people that's what the people who are just complacent are saying, but you know that day is drawing closer and closer. Verse eight goes on to read, "Therefore wait for me," says the Lord, "until the day I rise up for plunder. My determination is to gather the nations to my assembly of kingdoms to pour on them my indignation, all my fierce anger. All the earth shall be devoured." With the fire of my jealousy. So here, this earth we are living in is moving in a judgment. And it's the judgment that will be um, inhabited when, you know, that judgment is coming, you know, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns on earth. And it actually begins with the great tribulation period and ends when the Lord Jesus Christ comes to establish his kingdom here on earth. And, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about this, Matthew 23. You know, um, he, um, the, the words were so, um, you know, like talk hurdling. Yeah, as, as Dr. G. McGee put it, you know, um, they were so harsh and strong. And this day is coming. And um, it is coming. The day of the Lord, the judgment is coming. So God not only did judge the southern kingdom, but he is coming to judge the entire earth okay so this is our teaching for today all right thank you all for listening in god bless you all and have a pleasant day bye-bye